No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. It had been a year since the children of Israel left Egypt, and today we'll see what happened when they celebrated their second Passover. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 9 on Simply the Bible. This Saturday, we have what we call our men's koinonia. That's the Greek word that means fellowship or communion or sharing. And it's a rich word in the Greek language. We like it because it means that we get to come together as guys, but really it's about fellowshipping not only with each other, but more importantly with the Lord. Many times we think in terms of having fellowship on the horizontal plane with each other, but we don't consider the fellowship that we have vertically with the Lord. Today we're going to look at why this is so important to God and the avenue that the Lord has given to us to have fellowship with Him. We pick it up in Numbers chapter 9. Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the children of Israel keep the Passover at its appointed time. On the fourteenth day of this month at twilight you shall keep it at its appointed time. According to all its rites and ceremonies you shall keep it. So Moses told the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the first month at twilight in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So the children of Israel did. Now Numbers began on the first day of the second month of the second year after they left Egypt. Now the narrative goes back a month before this to set the stage for a situation that Moses mentions in this chapter. At that time, Israel celebrated the second Passover, one year after they left Egypt. They kept it at the appointed time, which was the 14th day of the month of Abib at twilight. Then they slaughtered the Passover lambs in memorial of their exodus. This looked back to their deliverance from the hard bondage in Egypt, but it also looked forward to the fact that God would bring them into the promised land. For the believer in Jesus Christ, the Passover points to the Lord's Supper, or communion, or the Eucharist, whatever you want to call it. The reason is that Jesus instituted communion after the Passover feast. As Jews, his disciples had celebrated Passover all their lives. But Jesus infused it with new meaning on the Passover in the upper room. First, he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And then he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It was the same unleavened bread that they had always eaten at Passover, but now Christ infused it with new meaning. It represented his body that would be broken for them. Not that his bones would be broken, for no bone could be broken of the Passover lamb. Rather, his body would be broken through the flogging and the crucifixion. Second, Jesus took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
In that moment, Jesus replaced the old covenant with the new. The Passover lamb of old was a picture of him. The blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their homes that caused the Lord to pass over the children of Israel and not kill their firstborn along with the firstborn of Egypt was all pointing to Jesus, the Passover lamb of the new covenant, whose blood would cause death to pass over everyone who believes in him. The Jews would remember the Exodus, but we now remember the cross where our sins were forgiven. And how important it is that we partake of communion with God's people to remember him until he comes. Verse 6, Now there were certain men who were defiled by a human corpse, so that they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came before Moses and Aaron that day. And those men said to him, We became defiled by a human corpse. Why are we kept from presenting the offering of the Lord at its appointed time among the children of Israel? So these certain men were defiled because they had touched a human corpse. And according to the law, that meant that they were ceremonially unclean. They wanted to present the Passover lamb and celebrate the feast along with all Israel, but they knew that they were disqualified. But rather than just letting the matter sit, they petitioned Moses and Aaron about it. They were wise to understand and confess the fact that they were defiled. If they had tried to cover it up and partake of the Passover anyway, then they could have died. Now, as we approach the communion table, the Lord's Supper, it is a time of celebration, but it is also a time of self-examination. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11:28, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Before we partake of communion, we should ask God to search our hearts in case there is a sinful action or attitude that would defile us. We are blessed to live under the new covenant where atonement has already been made for our sins at the cross. It's not like we have to go run out and grab a bowl and sacrifice it or something. Jesus is our sacrificed lamb. The word to us is found in 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Greek word translated confess means to say the same thing. God calls it a sin and we don't try to deny it or make excuses for it or call it by a different name or simply ignore it. We agree with the Holy Spirit and say, you're right, Lord, this is sin. But as soon as we do that, there is a fountain of forgiveness for sin that flows from Calvary. God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then we can eat of the bread and drink of the cup in a worthy manner. You see, the only thing that makes us worthy to partake of communion is to realize how unworthy we are. Then we will rightly discern the body of Christ because we know how much we need his sacrifice to justify us before God. Verse 8, And Moses said to them, Stand still that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you. 
I love Moses' response. These men asked him a question that he didn't know how to answer. But rather than faking it or offering his own opinion, he said, stand still until I hear what the Lord has to say. This reminds me of what Moses told the children of Israel when they came to the shore of the Red Sea and Pharaoh was hotly pursuing them. The people were panicking, but Moses said, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Moses had learned the wisdom of standing still in faith when you don't know what to do. I wish I could be more like that. When people say, what are we going to do? And pressure me with a response. I wish I could just say, stand still until I hear from the Lord. Many times I have gone ahead with my own idea rather than inquiring and waiting on God and later regretted that decision. I think sometimes we think our prayer request is too minor to bring to God. Surely he must have better things to do running the universe than paying attention to my little request. But what does the scripture say? Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That tells me that there's no request that's too small to ask God about. He wants us to pray about everything. One of my favorite hymns is, What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. My dear friend, the next time you are anxious about something, the next time someone is pressuring you for a response on something you're not sure of, then stand still and bring it to the Lord. Keep bringing it to the Lord until you receive his answer and his peace. No doubt, then it will also be his timing. Verse 9, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If any one of you or your posterity is unclean because of a corpse or is far away on a journey, he may still keep the Lord's Passover. On the fourteenth day of the second month, at twilight, they may keep it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall leave none of it until morning, nor break one of its bones. According to all the ordinances of the Passover, they shall keep it. I love this because to me it just speaks of God's desire to have communion, fellowship with his people. He wanted everybody to have the opportunity to partake in the Passover feast. And if they were ceremonially unclean or if they were away on a journey, then God says, okay, you can celebrate it one month later. That just reminds me of what Jesus said to his disciples up in the upper room when they celebrated the Lord's Supper and Passover. He said, I've eagerly desired to have this meal with you. God looks forward to having fellowship with us. And that's why communion is so important. It's our opportunity to have fellowship with God, to partake in a very essential way in the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 13. But the man 
who is clean and is not on a journey and ceases to keep the Passover, that same person shall be cut off from among his people because he did not bring the offering of the Lord at its appointed time. That man shall bear his sin. So God knew that in any community, there are shirkers who neglect their responsibility. And God closed the door on somebody delaying or neglecting to celebrate Passover at the appropriate time for no good reason. It also tells us that if a person neglects to partake of communion, the Lord's Supper, they're going to be separated, isolated from God's people. We need this in order to be part of the body of Christ and one with our head, even Jesus Christ. Verse 14, and if a stranger dwells among you and would keep the Lord's Passover, he must do so according to the rite of the Passover and according to its ceremony. You shall have one ordinance, both for the stranger and the native of the land. There was no double standard here. God wanted even the strangers to be able to partake of Passover. It was a way that they could get to know the God of the Hebrews and partake of the Passover meal and celebrate with them in what God had done in delivering them from their bondage. Folks, the Lord tells us that we are to remember the death of our Lord until he comes. We are to remember the bondage that he delivered us from and celebrate that. But let us also let the Lord examine our hearts so that when we come to his table, we are ready to meet with him and with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. They'd really love to hear from you. You can also text them at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. Tomorrow we'll see that God led the children of Israel through the desert with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But how can we know his leading today? We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. 